Kate to Love, and we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. Yes, we are back at it again. <laughs> I know what a time. It's like it's like my maternity leave never happened. I just feel like I'm right back in the driver's seat of this podcast, steering it right yet again. So I look back so fondly on those December. <laughs> podcasts uh, with all my dear friends i have total control (laughs) over what we discuss uh good times yeah 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 whatever i'm sure someone out there missed me so i'm i'm glad to be back yet again Hmm. well we'll see (laughs) um we did get a review though which is great not a particularly like shall be excited one but you know okay okay, fine good enough jesse brosick brochick something Hmm. says appreciate the honesty five stars i love hearing from real people and shelby and matt feel like real people relatable and down to earth as a film fanatic it's nice to have podcasts like this to offset industry folks and bring a fuller critique of (laughs) movies and television especially one outside of just la and new york while i do not watch all the same content as matt and shelby (laughs) the bachelor can go i still appreciate listening to the pop culture roundups and insights Also, since you read these on air sometimes, just wanted to voice last year's biggest Oscar mistake, Justice for the Two Popes production design. Keep on potting. Can't wait to listen in 2021. I loved the two popes. I don't. I'm. I mean, (laughs) did you write this review? You finally got to share your opinion. (laughs) I've been sitting on this one for (laughs) months. Um, no, because I do remember. I think that they like built replicas of various rooms in the Vatican because they couldn't shoot in the Vatican. So you know what? That is true. I I do remember that standing out in the movie. I didn't I did not enjoy the movie, if I'm being honest, but I did think, wow, the Vatican is beautiful. So did they get nominated for that? I'd want to see if they got nominated or if they just got See, if we were industry folk, we would know they didn't. (laughs) Yes, if we were industry folk. It's also, I am in New York. Like, I was in Florida for a brief period of time, but I do live in New York. I'm I'm industry adjacent. Yeah, I'm yeah, close. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're I'm trying your to be. Up there. Yeah. You're in the book to TV world, so it's one step closer. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Sooner or later, we'll just be, you know, movie stars or whatever, but... Yeah. De- oh, definitely movie stars. A hundred percent. That's the most We have the look. We have the vibe. In. Yeah. The We're, talent. The talent. Uh, clearly, yeah. And mm-hmm. the industry know-all as proven by this podcast yes. time and again. Yes. We know which roles would be good for us. We just now need to get the roles. <laughs> yeah. Um, but speaking of The Bachelor, I mean, I have to update the people who oh, yes. care mm-hmm. um, for our pop culture roundup uh, to start us off. Claire and Dale... Um, are no more and it's uh it's a twist that everyone saw it coming and no one necessarily cares about but it ended in sort of a sad fizzling bang I mean you know summary they got engaged after two weeks on a reality dating show and it was pretty clear that Claire was in love with an idea of someone she stalked on social media for four months yes. in quarantine and mm-hmm. Dale was like okay I'm going along with this ride um, and so there was, it was weird how it ended though, because there was this 
there's this like article with people or something that was like, sources say Claire and Dale have been fighting and are taking time apart. So it wasn't like a definitive breakup. And it was also hearsay. So you never know with those things, how they go. But then like the same night, Dale takes to his Instagram stories and his Instagram and posts this sort of text box that's like, yes, Claire and I have broken up. It's officially over. Um, we're respecting each other during this time. Please respect our privacy or whatever. <laughs> Just your normal bread and butter uh, breakup. But then he deleted it and then he reposted it. And then nothing from Claire, because usually they do this like joint announcement until a couple days later, Claire posts her own text box um, explanation where she's like, yes, I heard the news at the same time as everyone. Please, <laughs> I, I put my heart and soul into this relationship, but it just didn't work out. And it's sad to see that like, you know, people can be so disappointing, basically. I'm paraphrasing here. But so poor Claire was um, seemingly blindsided, at least by Dale's pronouncement his public announcement that it was over um and so she is yet again the woman who must wait for men who are not like that so yes well she did say in her statement that she will continue to show up which is you know what she's (laughs) been doing she's just showing up um Yeah, this isn't exactly surprising. The relationship on TV always felt like (laughs) she was obsessed with this, like, version of someone that she found on social media and not a real person. And, I mean, what was he going to do? He's on the show. (laughs) Like, he might as well see how it works. I'm honestly sort of surprised that they lasted as long as they did. (laughs) Yeah. Which then kind of brings into question, like, did they was like has this relationship been bad for a long time but they kept kind of like drawing it out so that they could get through the actual show and sort of get you know the instagram followers or whatever that they're trying to get out of this deal but yeah r.i.p that relationship not shocking (laughs) the stuff on the bachelor never works are you watching this season i'm not watching this season it's not been as great and there was a lot of uh kerfuffle around Matt James, The Bachelor, because people found out he was a registered Republican. <laughs> oh, yes, I saw Wild. that. Mm-hmm. But then and he, so, like, changed it or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, he's no longer affiliated with either party. So I don't know if that's growth or just um, course correction hiding from the public eye. But I am a huge fan of Tasha and Zach. I still follow them, and I really believe in their love. And they have a lot more realistic chemistry that's proven on the show and also now on their social media outside the show so that's the one relationship from claire's and tasha's joint season that i think i think has a chance i think well i I mean there was only two relationships so one (laughs) of them didn't have a chance and now the other one one, has more of a chance this one i believe in so fingers crossed for zaysha um, sp- another breakup that happened this past week was uh, Ben Affleck and Anna DeArmas mm, broke up. Yes, which this has been a relationship that I don't know. I feel like we've talked about before and is sort of yeah, strange. Uh, and it seemed to happen like right at the beginning of quarantine. So they were there were all of these posts about them going on these like Dunkin' Donut walks, them walking around the neighborhood. They were a very like COVID kind of couple. And yeah. the fact that they've now broken up, I mean, obviously the pandemic's not over. Like 
everybody just keep doing what you're doing because <laughs> yeah. like this isn't done but it does feel like okay this was uh like this made sense that sort of start birthed in quarantine and now it's sort of like fizzling out as we you know get the vaccine going yeah there wasn't that much interesting about this except for the fact that Ben Affleck, for whatever reason, or maybe it's Anadarmus, maybe who knows? One of them owns a very large, like cardboard cutout of Anna de Armas that has made several appearances in the past year because at one point Ben Affleck's kids with Jennifer Garner were like out on the front lawn playing with this uh like cardboard cutout. But anyways, there, there's a great photo that was taken from like the dumpster behind Ben Affleck's house of like the garbage worker putting the Anna de Armas <laughs> cutout in the dumpster, which really, if there isn't a more symbolic way to end a relationship yeah. than that, I don't know what is. I think that all of us should get cardboard cutouts of our significant others. And then if things go yes. poorly, you know, you can just like take it out and fully like just get rid of it. I know. I was going to say that it must be like therapeutic in a way, cathartic to like, literally throw that relationship in the trash i think it's it's a good technique it's sort of like how gwyneth paltrow gave us the conscious uncoupling like i think ben affleck has given us an avenue to release those those feelings in a physical form so Mm -hmm. bless him for another iconic breakup yes exciting i i uh, I'm uh, i'm hesitant sort of to say this but i feel like there is a world in which Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner get back together. Oh, really? Yes. Is that because the, like, parent trap world you... Uh, I don't know. They just seem <laughs> like they have, about. like, sort of a good relationship. I don't know. <laughs> they they feel very, like, um, like friendly with each other. And right. they were together for so long. And now that he's single again, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I'm just saying. I, if we were to take bets and revisit this in a decade, I would say I don't see them getting back together. If only because the, the thing he did when they broke up was get a large phoenix tattoo on his back. And I just don't think you can respect someone after witnessing that sort of... Um, <laughs> you know, but see, this time he just decided go. he was just going to put the thing in the <laughs> yeah. dumpster. He wasn't going to get right. a tattoo. You're right. so, that's growth. So. That's growth. <laughs> Maybe. Um, but I want to get your take on this next story. It just broke just today, hot off the presses. Oh, I think I know really what this is. No news at all. But for some reason, it is news. Um, HBO Max. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It, it was sort of announced that HBO Max is in early talks for a Harry Potter TV series, like a live action TV series. Yes. Um, which the story on Hollywood Reporter was just like, there's no news yet, but they're they're engaged in meetings to find a writer and pitch a Harry Potter TV series. So no one's attached to it. Nothing is done. It's like not even early stages. It's no stages. It's an idea that has somehow become a headline. And, um, and so that's, that's supposedly happening, which on a Harry Potter head level, like, you know, I remain a HP fan. I was like, wow, I really never thought they would ever, remake them just because so much of their merch and world is like built around the casting of the original movies so on one level I'm frankly surprised that they would do like a direct remake if that's what they're doing or if they're going to do some sort of spin-offy thing like with Fantastic Beast so before we get into the controversy this maybe introduces I'm curious what you would hope 
or if you're just anti-Harry Potter at this point and they're more woke than all of us. <sighs> I saw this news break. And I mean, yes, there is no news, but I think the news is that J.K. Rowling it has agreed to this, you know, yeah. that like she's in talks going forward. So yeah. obviously, you know, there's still a million steps before we would ever see this and it would hit the light of day. But the <laughs> fact that she is considering it and discussing it with HBO Max and, you know, HBO's owned, owned by Warner Brothers, who have the right to all of the, you know, the movies and such, that it does, like, it makes sense that this is happening. Um, You know, my feelings on Harry Potter are so... <laughs> warped at this point like obviously i loved the books i'm such a huge fan of the books like they were my favorite series growing up i've read them all a ton of times you know i've been to the amusement parks i saw all the movies at midnight like i dressed up in costumes you know just like anything that you could do as a harry potter fan i basically have done yes So, and also I did not particularly love the movies like there's a couple of them that i think are good but in general i'm sort of like that like i'm not one of those people who's like oh i need to watch them every christmas or whatever (laughs) if i never see the harry potter movies again in my life like even pre jk rowling's uh transphobic comments i'm fine with that so the fact that they're making a tv show or could make a tv show to a previous version of me (laughs) would be excited because like oh well maybe they'll do this better than the movies um that all being said We've discussed on the podcast before (laughs) that J.K. Rowling has made a number of statements now that are very transphobic and has really doubled down on those. I think that in general, public opinion on her has shifted uh, in a lot of ways. It's hard to say whether like mainstream, mainstream public opinion has shifted because I've had conversations with other people where they seem sort of like oblivious to this. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if it will sort of be like a Michael Jackson type thing where Mm -hmm. like I am just like never play a Michael Jackson song, but there are still like low, you know, it's like you go to weddings and they still play it. It's not. So I don't I don't know how like generally people will take this, but I sort of feel like I'm, you know, done with J.K. Rowling and harry potter and whatever like i've read the books enough times i don't need to necessarily read them again um well what's so ironic is that after her you know doubling and tripling and quadrupling down on her transphobic comments and getting continuous like call outs on social media she wrote about cancel culture and how toxic it is and how like damaging it is oh my god oh yeah canceled Mm -hmm. and then you know you turn a corner and she's clearly not canceled she she has this opportunity to have a major deal with hbo max to supposedly you know limited series like how limited i don't know but this is clearly going to be a big deal if it happens so i just need every conservative who thinks that Twitter controversies equal cancellation or the ruination of someone's career and financial stability to like sit down and bear witness to the fact that no one is truly canceled, no matter how horrendous they are. Like that's an unfortunate truth of this industry, but the money will always talk. And Warner Brothers is never going to be like, we shall shun J.K. Rowling forever and our only tentpole movie to um, stand by uh the LGBT community like it's just not going to happen that's the thing that I think is really interesting about all of this is that 
the Fantastic Beast, the second movie obviously did not do nearly yeah. as well, just based on the content of it. Her writing since Harry Potter, I mean, I think has done fine, but hasn't done as well. And then since these comments have come out, like her sales have been down. Her last book that came out this fall did not do that well. Um, and I think that she can sort of see that the Fantastic Beast franchise going forward. And then they had all of that stuff with Johnny Depp yeah. that just happened. Like, I feel like that's damaged goods. And she's sort of sitting there thinking like, hmm, okay. <laughs> uh, like uh, my other ventures are not working too well. Maybe I can go back to the well of Harry Potter because I do feel like the general sense on Twitter is sort of like Harry Potter is a authorless book. Now we can yeah. all still love Harry Potter, but we can't love JK Rowling. And she's like, I know what you all want. You all want this TV series. This is worth like millions of dollars. Maybe one, I can use this to kind of like get some good, uh, publicity and some good juju from fans who maybe mm. don't like me but will want to watch this two it's a lot of money um that she'll be getting for the series and then also like i think that a lot of people will still watch the series right. even if they don't like her just because they like the property and you know it's going to be a big topic of conversation <laughs> like i sort of i i honestly have zero desire to watch this if it came out like Maybe I would, but it's not something that I am excited for or clamoring for at all. I'd be watching it just because, like, to discuss it with other people. I don't know. Until they cast the cast of Bridgerton into all the Harry Potter roles, and then you'll be all over it, you know? (laughs) Well, because I loved Bridgerton so much. (laughs) You're like, this makes sense. Um, No, yeah, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see, one, if and how this plays out. Because then, yeah, you have, like, think pieces already where that can argue, like, how does, you know, like, the financial piece, are you putting money into J.K. Rowling's pocket directly if, say, you already have an HBO Max um, mm-hmm. account? Like, what are you really doing by watching? It's like, it's a, it's a, it's going to be a moral test for a lot of millennials. And I think it would be interesting as someone who wishes the movie were were better to think like, well, I do trust HBO's content a lot more than I, you know, than I do a lot of other sources. So like, uh, would it be good? Probably. I don't know. But it's, it's tough. It's sad because she's tainted her legacy this way. And that's just unfortunate. But I will say, um, I think I made a joke once about you not reading the new JK Rowling book because she's canceled. And I don't know if I told you this, but we got a DM about how um, censorship is bad and I shouldn't try and censor people, which I clarified. I wasn't saying you, one can never read this. It's available if you, if you so desire, I'm not burning books, but I do think it's a, it's an interesting topic that people are still wrestling with even months after her first (laughs) foray into the uh, turf uh, life. So It'll be it'll be a continual yeah. conversation, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, it's it's been sort of a slow process, obviously, for me of mm-hmm. like trying to figure out how to deal with her exactly. Um, but yeah, I just I don't know. It it feels so icky, and I also yeah. feel like that the content and things that we're getting from her at this point like is not good right. or redeemable necessarily. So I don't see uh a real like like there's 
there's less and less of me that is like torn about this and more and more of me that's like okay like that was like that was a good period of my life when i loved jk rowling and harry potter but that is not like a period now and um yeah also i think it would be interesting to see sort of what they did with the show because obviously there have been other complaints about the Harry Potter books that, Mm -hmm. you know, all of the characters are white and there's, you know, is Dumbledore actually gay? And, you know, like some of these kind of questions, which you feel like in a show made in 2020, yeah, yeah, you would be, you'd be like diversifying, you know, like the Weasleys are black people or, you know, there's some like LGBT representation here, but it also feels like the reason why you make this show is because people felt like the movies did not stick close enough to the book. So mm-hmm. you'd want to make the show more like the books. Yeah. And so I just don't know how she would, cause she's sort of a liberal person in general. Like they did cast Hermione as a black woman in the stage play of the cursed she child. She has a black Hermione guys. How bad could she right. be? Well, so it's like, so it's interesting to see like, does yeah. she go fully that way and try to get some more of like her liberal fans back in or because I think a, a lot of people were annoyed with that when the mm. play casting was announced. Cause they were like, no, Hermione's white in the book. Yeah. And she was like, well, technically, I never said that, really. But anyways, the uh, so I don't know. It, it's just it's interest. It's an interesting sort of thought experiment to see, like, what happens with this. And then yeah. also, it's interesting to see, like, I mean, obviously, they can cast whoever they want. It's HBO. And, you know, they're going to get a lot of people. But it would be interesting to see, too, if people were were to come out and say that they wouldn't be in this. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, like, the kids, obviously, they can just get random people. And probably would. But there's so many adult characters. And in the movies, you know, those are all played by, like, prominent British actors. Mm -hmm. So you'd assume that they would be doing the same thing for the TV show. That they'd be getting the cast of, yeah, Bridgerton, Downton (laughs) Abbey, Game of Thrones. Like, these shows that have all of this top-level British. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure he'll be there. Who would he even play? (laughs) Mr. First Chance. He's going to be Dumbledore. Dumbledore, of course. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. mm -hmm. Very effeminate Dumbledore. What's interesting about about J.K. Rowling is like, she has a really good deal for a writer as far as being involved in the creative process goes because most writers sell off their works and it's done. Like they might get royalties, whatever it is, but she has a deal where she gets final approval of literally everything. And so it's not easy to be like, oh, well, like this is just Warner Brothers making something Warner Brothers wants. Like this is clearly like J.K. Rowling's hand is in the pot. She will be able to. um, Oh, she'll be a producer, probably a writer. Yeah. And it is like you did point out that her latest stuff hasn't been that good. So then I'm like, oh, you know what? Maybe this wouldn't be that good. So I feel better about letting it all go. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I do also wonder if, HBO would get a lot of pushback. Um, I mean, I I think it would be interesting to see what sort of happened with that if they actually like continue moving forward. Maybe that's why they released this non-news release to kind of test the waters. Yeah, to test the waters. Yeah, see if people people are excited about it or not. Yeah. Yeah. If they get a few quiet calls from agents being like, my person will work on this. Because I think HBO also has the game or not game of thrones the lord of the rings reboot yeah. i'm pretty sure oh, yes. which costs yeah. like loads of money and is coming out i don't know what sometime next year maybe um but where they redid that as a tv series so and like netflix did series of unfortunate events and um who someone's doing the golden compass like i think there is a 
mode now that people have figured out like, hey, some of these bigger fantasy books that were hard to adapt into a movie because mm-hmm. it was so much content on a TV series, you can make the you can have as much space as you want. If you yeah. want five episodes, if you want 12 episodes, if you want 50 episodes, like you can make it the exact length that you want it to make. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't know, like it it makes sense that they would go back to Harry Potter because, you know, they're money grabbing. But yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and if the reception is like chillier than she thinks it's going to be. Yeah, we'll see. But OK, well, so we get into love it or hate it. We spent a lot of time on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, what are you what have you been watching or reading or doing with your life? Well, so, I mean, I've been I just got back from florida mm-hmm. uh like a few days ago and so i've been in a self quarantine here in new york because now the rule is you have to quarantine for four days and then on the fourth day you can get tested and if you have negative you can get out which i did so i'll be out tomorrow and honestly i've just been like having about a string of um mild mental breakdowns so i haven't really <laughs> watched like anything since i've gotten back here except for promising young woman but <laughs> Prior to getting to New York, uh, while I was in Florida, my sister and I decided that we were going to brave the movie theaters. And so we went to an AMC and truly there was not a soul there. Like, <laughs> like when I say not a soul, I literally mean we pulled in the parking lot and there was one other car besides ours, like in oh, the wow. main lot. And then there was, you know, like three workers cars in the back. And I was like, oh, wow, this is this is insane. Like, I'm shocked that this theater is even open. My sister went to see Crudes too, which she said was bad. But I went and saw News of the World, the new uh, Tom Hanks movie that I believe is out what? on VOD now at this point. Tom Hanks has a new movie? Yes. Oh, wow. Shelby, where okay. have you been? I'm sorry. I don't know. Oh, I guess. Gosh. This Please is tell like, me. Tell this me is also, it. I think, a big sort of Oscar contender. It's a Western. There, and there's been commercials for it all over the place on television. I mean, maybe you don't watch yeah, TV really. What do you but... mean? Who's watching TV? You've been I, in well, Florida too long. I was in Florida. You know, there was sports and stuff on yeah. or whatever. <laughs> and also, like, all of, I mean, I was watching all of the inauguration stuff, all yeah. of the insurrection stuff. Like, I saw, I was, I watched more TV in the last month than I have watched <laughs> in a long time as far as, like, live on-air television. That's true. Anyways, that's not neither here nor there. But, so Tom Hanks does have a new movie out called News of the World that is a Western. And... <laughs> Basically, Tom Hanks' character uh, has a, you know, gets newspapers from the big cities and then rides around to these little towns in Texas and reads the news to the local people and they like give him some coins, whatever. Yeah, not that exciting. (laughs) But it's, you know, it's Tom Hanks doing Tom Hanks things. He stumbles upon a, uh, like an overturned wagon and realizes that there is this girl inside of it who is, her parents are dead and she was sort of being like transported by, uh, by i don't know like the police force or the sheriff or the army or whatever to like her relative somewhere um she was she's an indian child or native american so she uh so she doesn't speak any english and tom hanks sort of like takes her on just because you know it's the side of the road and she's there and he's like well i can't just leave her right and he's tom hanks and so then he's so then you know the rest of the movie is basically their journey of him trying to get this girl back to her family uh and 
him trying to communicate with her and figure out like where she's from, you know, like what the situation is. And, you know, it has all of your classic like Western tropes in it. There's a shootout. There's a horse race. There's, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. And was it like the best movie ever? Not necessarily, but Tom Hanks is just so like reassuring that just to watch him sort of be like a good dad for two hours is a fun time. And it's also an interesting take on the Western, I think, because Tom Hanks is not your typical like action movie star. Uh So there is this you know, like shootout scene where they're in the mountains and there's these bandits who are chasing them and trying to get the girl and he's trying to fend them off. And it's like, he's Tom Hanks, you know, so he's not doing like Liam Neeson action scenes. (laughs) So it's kind of fun to watch the movie work around Tom Hanks and get to see him sort of like be a dad who is, you know, trying to save his fake daughter, but not really. So (laughs) anyways, but it's out on VOD now, I'm pretty sure. And it's, it's in the Oscar race. So a former It'll be, it's one to watch. soldier, huh? Is that who he is? That's what You're, this internet says. <laughs> well, I guess I guess he would be. Well, yeah, because he's from Texas. So oh, right. yes, he was a soldier. Yeah, but I he's, just can't he's a nice soldier him now in a western. But that's great. I mean, what uh, like. It's a Western because right. it's old and set in the West, but he's like has his little glasses and his thing of newspapers and he's like riding <laughs> he's like around a on a little buggy, yeah. you know, he's yeah. more like the shopkeeper in okay. Little House in the Prairie than like, you know, John Wayne. Right. Well, cool. I mean, that's great. I'm glad you got to watch that instead of Crude's too yes uh-huh. um similarly a- highbrow i i started a show called bling empire on netflix bling um, empire yes it is a reality tv show that's pitched unabashedly as the real life crazy rich asians so it follows several very wealthy asians in la as they live their you know wild ostentatious lives um and I've only a few episodes in, so I'm not like totally sold out. You know, Netflix is still fairly new to the reality game. Um, this is definitely interesting because it's kind of like, you know, you have the uber wealth and uh, <laughs> just wild lifestyles that felt so unreal on the fictional side and Crazy Rich Asians suddenly come to life here. Um, mm-hmm. And you also have sort of the keeping up with the Kardashians sort of like scratching that itch, but without the melodrama of their family. And so it also includes this one poor friend who's like exceptionally attractive named Kevin. And I don't know if he's the reason they got a deal with Netflix. Cause he's kind of pitched as the, I don't know, the, the central sort of compass of the group. Um, and he talks a lot. And so I think that's what he brought to the table because otherwise I don't know what these billionaires are doing with this guy who spends like a thousand dollars to share an apartment in LA. And um, meanwhile, these guys buy thousand dollar underwear. And so that is a fun wrinkle too, to see him react to this wealth. It does feel a little like all of it feels a little canned at some points, but there are some iconic characters in it. And I feel like it you know, it makes the hills look like just trailer trash. And it's it's wild to watch them do this. Like one woman was like, oh, I want to take you to my favorite restaurant for your birthday. And so then they get on a private jet and fly to Paris. You know, it's like, wow, <laughs> how the other like 
1% live. And um, it's, it's been interesting. I don't know if I recommend it. Like it's fun and it's diverting and sort of like sickening what these people do with their lives. But they're, most of them are also kind of like nice and you, you feel better watching them than I sometimes did watching like the real housewives or something like that. I think because when you become like uber rich, you don't have to be like as catty or loud. You're just kind of exist and you're just like, this is my life. It doesn't even matter to me. You know, (laughs) that's my theory. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. That's interesting. I have, I have heard nothing of this show. I will say as far as Netflix reality shows go, the second season of my favorite glass blowing show blown away is out. And I'm like halfway through it and it is yet again, Magical. You know, I forgot, but we watched all those too. <laughs> oh, did you? Yeah. I I enjoy the Like you the, forgot when I was talking about them or you've watched no, no, them no. since I, watched I talked them about since. them. It's like Rob oh, okay. watched them. Like we sped through. They're them. very quick to get through. Very fast. Here's my complaint about it is it's a very low like it's very poorly edited. Like it's it's not a well done well done reality show. Like it's it's choppy and kind well, of like weird to watch and hard to kind of get into. For I me, think honestly. the thing is, is that they're, they're only like half hour episodes. Yeah. So especially the first couple episodes of every right. season are very choppy because you've got <laughs> 10 people that you're trying to introduce and then show their work in a half yeah. hour. But I feel like the back half of the seasons are much better yeah. because you once you've got like five people left, you can really fit everything you need to in the full mm-hmm. half hour, where if you had the an hour for the episode, it would drag on. Well, in the second season, they definitely ironed some kinks out. Like they now talk yes. around the item instead of talking outside the room and you're like wait what was this person's art piece right yes mm-hmm. so that was a good move netflix um overall i'd give it a solid like like seven out of ten did you did you not love the woman from the first Deborah season was great yeah Deborah oh my gosh delight. second season has not does not have the same appeal character wise but i know it's, it's interesting it's always mesmerizing to watch them blow the glass and see the final pieces but i just feel like i wish there'd been more polish around (laughs) the production itself (laughs) it's interesting i was thinking about the casting of the show because like they're like out of hundreds and hundreds of applicants it's like yeah Yeah. there's not that many people applying to be on a glass blowing reality show and deborah is is an amazing (laughs) i know honestly is an amazing character but you could tell in the second season they were really like trying to find someone who with as much character as her (laughs) and that person was not there oh my gosh i know we're going over and no one cares about this rambling but the first episode of the second season i literally like choked laughing when they cut to the final bear product oh Um, my gosh it looked so bad It was like exactly what I would have done, honestly. Yeah. Like I, it was shockingly bad compared it to looked, everyone. It looked like one of the, um, like one of the food items on the like that nailed it show. Yes. You know where it's like yeah. this is what it's supposed to be, and that this is what I was like, oh, experience, yeah. Well, you she can tell like, that they I will see myself out. Yeah, I think especially like they need women on the show because there's right. not that many female glass blowers. <laughs> yeah. So they're like, fine, we'll take you. But uh, then Amazing. she got clipped real quick. Yeah. Um, anyways. Okay. Anyways, y'all should watch that. But 
This episode is going long. Uh, we'll be back ne- on Thursday to talk about Promising Young Woman, Shelby's favorite yes. movie of the year. And yeah, you can follow us on social media. In the meantime, we're at PS You're Wrong on Instagram and Twitter. I'm still handling those accounts. Mm. <laughs> um, and you can always send us an email at PSURong at gmail.com. And also just leave us a review. That would be the greatest thing ever. Mm-hmm. We're trying to get to 100. We're so close. We're so close. And we've been begging for it forever. Yeah. So anyways... We'll see you guys on Thursday. Bye.